This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue with a series called How God Turns Setbacks into Comebacks. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Now, if you know someone who needs some encouragement right now, be sure to invite them with a text or a phone call to listen along with you. Now, in just a few minutes, we're going to tell you how you can get a very special set of Bible scripture cards, hand-selected by Pastor Rick to bolster your sense of gratitude and increase your happiness. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com while you listen to today's message. If you want, you can just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004 for more information. That's the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with part two of a message called, When You Feel Like Giving Up. The second part of Nehemiah, Four, verse 10 says this, second complaint said, it, we're, we're tired, but second, they said, there's so much rubble and trash to be removed. So much rubble and trash to be removed. Now, follow me on this. They get discouraged because there's junk. The walls have been torn down and there's piles of garbage, rubble, uh, plaster, junk, trash, rocks, laying all around and they can't even move. There's so much rubble in their lives. You may not realize it, but you got rubble in your life. It could be emotional rubble. It could be relational rubble. Too many relationships. It could be, uh, you know, uh, material rubble. You got too many things in your life. You need to simplify. So let me on this day give you Rick's rules of rubble. (laughs) <laughs> this isn't in your notes, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Rick's rules of rubble. All right, here they are. Number one, rubble is a part of life. In other words, you can't avoid it. You're going to have piles of trash in your life. You're going to have stuff that piles up in your life that you haven't dealt with. And the, the bigger the pile gets, the more frustrated you get by it. You're fatigued by the work, but you're frustrated by the complexity of all you've got to do. So rubble piles up. Rick's rule number two, you have to clean it out of your life periodically. You have to take out the trash. Emotionally, you take out the trash by confession to God. Number three, if you don't deal with it, it'll eventually take over. Uh, Let me let you in on a little secret. You probably already figured this out. Trash multiplies when you aren't watching. Have you noticed that? Uh, it just kind of multiplies. You go, where'd all that come from? How, how do the dishes pile up so quickly in the kitchen? How, how do clothes pile up so quickly in the bedroom? And so many, it just they multiplies while you aren't watching. Let me give you a fourth rule of rubble. You don't always recognize what's rubble in your life, but other people do. Other people can see stuff in your life that you've allowed to stay there that's really holding you back, that's hindering you. And maybe you don't even see it because you're so so used to living with it that you don't even realize it's rubble. There's some stuff you need to clean out and clear out in your life. Some activities, some relationships, some things, some events, some bad attitudes, some wrong thoughts, some misconceptions, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual rubble in your life that you need to clear out. You know, and a lot of people 
don't see it. We don't see it in our own lives, but other people see it. In fact, sometimes it takes an expert to point it out. By the way, that's why all those clean out shows on TV are so popular, where somebody comes in and helps them organize and say, man, you got trash all over here. Let's get, let's get your house cleaned out and cleaned up. Question, what's the rubble in your life? This was the second cause of discouragement in the, in the, in the Jews of Jerusalem. What's the rubble in your life? It's the stuff that keeps tripping you up. You might write that down. The rubble is the stuff that keeps tripping me up in life. It may be a misconception, an attitude. It may be a habit. It's the stuff that keeps tripping you up. Rubble can be the trivia that wastes your time that wastes your energy, that keeps you from accomplishing what's most important. They had a job to finish, finish the wall. Let's say we can't do it because there's so much trash laying around, we can't even get to rebuild the wall. What do you need to do? You need to just tell God about the rubble in your life and ask for help. Psalm 25, 18 says, come Lord and show me mercy for I feel helpless and overwhelmed and in deep distress. If you're feeling helpless and overwhelmed and in deep distress in your life right now because of something that's holding you back, that's rubble and you need to deal with it. We're gonna look at the cause, a cure in just a second. But here's another uh, setback. Here's, here's the third setback that will cause you to be discouraged. And it happened in Nehemiah and it's, day and it's gonna happen to you. It's when I start to doubt my own ability. When I start to doubt my own ability, then this causes a sense of failure. Now, when you add that to fatigue, you got fatigue and you got frustration. Fatigue, it's taking too long. Frustration, it's too complicated. And then you start having a sense of failure. Well, now it's getting serious. I'm gonna get discouraged. That's the third part of Nehemiah 4 verse 10. The people said, look at this. The people said, we now realize that we cannot, not will not, we cannot finish this wall. Whoa, what just happened? New American Bible says, we will never be able to finish this wall. What happened? They've already built half of it. Why all of a sudden they've decided that they can't finish it? I mean, like I said, they've already built half of it, but now they've lost their confidence. Uh, you know, now, now they, they feel, they're filled with self-doubt. Now they're questioning why they even started. Now they say, well, you, know, why, you know, I was foolish to even think about doing this. You ever felt that way? Why did I take this job? Why did I get married? Why did I make this move? You start second guessing yourself. You start doubting yourself. You start filling yourself with feelings of failure. And like, I can't do this. You lose your confidence. You start feeling like, like you're a failure because of the frustration and fatigue, and they, they feel the failure. They are unable to finish the task as quickly as they originally planned. And the result is their confidence goes in the toilet. It goes down the drain. They lose their heart. They lose their enthusiasm. Now, let me ask you, as a pastor who loves you, a real important question. How do you handle failure? How do you react when your plans collapse? How do you react when it's taken longer than you thought, it's more complicated than you thought, 
and you start doubting, do I even have the ability to do this? What do you do? Do you give in to self-pity? And you have a pity party, poor me, everybody hates me, nobody loves me, I'm gonna go eat worms. <laughs> you have a pity party and you invite you, me, myself, and I, or you start complaining and you start saying, it's impossible. You know, you start having the feeling, you know, about the time I, I, I make ends meet, somebody moves the ends. Or do you start blaming other people and say, well, they let me down or they didn't tell me how hard it was gonna be. When... Listen, if at first you don't succeed, you're normal, <laughs> you're normal. Nobody succeeds at first. Successful people simply see failure as a temporary setback. This whole series is on learning the spiritual quality of resilience, of trusting God for a comeback. There is no comeback without first a setback. And that setback may be this third one where you just start doubting your own ability to go, I don't think I'm even up for the task. I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can finish what I've started. Now, finally, there's a fourth setback. And, and we see this in this next verse, and it is this. You start to give up. You feel like giving up when the opposition grows stronger. Now, when you start a progress uh, project, probably nobody even cares. They don't even notice. And, uh, and so you don't have any opposition usually at the start. But as you start growing, you start being effective, the opposition, people aren't going to like the changes you make in you, the changes you make in your marriage, in your family, in your job, the things you're trying to do for the Lord. And the opposition starts coming against you, the more visible you become. And guess what? The moment you put your shingle out and say, well, I'm open for business, somebody's going to start throwing rocks at it. And that causes fear. So now we've got a combination of fatigue, frustration, failure, and fear. That's enough to discourage anybody. Now let me give you the background of this. There were enemies in and around Jerusalem who had moved in when the Jews had been taken captive and moved to Babylon for 70 years. And when the Jews were allowed to come back to their homeland, they did not want the Jews moving back and two, they did not want the wall rebuilt around the city because it couldn't be attacked, it couldn't be taken advantage of, they, they couldn't victimize the people. And so the enemy tribes around Jerusalem had a number of tactics they used. And if you go read the book of, of uh, Nehemiah, here's what they did. First, they just criticized the builders. And they said, what are you guys doing? You, you can't do this. Do you like to be criticized? No, nobody does. So they, they criticized the builders. And then the second thing they did in, in the book of Nehemiah is they ridiculed them. They actually made fun of them. Do you like being ridiculed? No, you do not. Nobody likes to be the, the brunt of somebody else's sarcasm or the joke or the butt of a joke. So they criticized, they ridiculed. The third thing the enemy tribes did is they threatened them. And, and they actually said, we're gonna kill you. They threatened them with their lives. In verse 11, Nehemiah chapter four, it says this. Meanwhile, in spite of all these other three facts, it's taken too long, it's too, too complicated, and uh, we don't know what we're doing, and we don't doubt it, we doubt our ability. It says, meanwhile, our enemies are threatening to kill us. 
in order to stop this work. Now, this is a legitimate reason to be discouraged. We might die if we finish this project. Now, it's not just frustration and fear uh, and fatigue. It, uh, it, it is li literally a legitimate reason that we might die. But I want you to notice in this next verse, verse 12, who got discouraged first? It was those who were listening to the enemy, those who were listening to the wrong people. They weren't listening to God. They were listening to the non-believers. They were listening to the world, not to the word. Nehemiah 4 verse 12 tells us why they got discouraged. Then those of us who lived closest to our enemies, underline that, those of us who lived closest to our enemies kept reporting over and over 10 times, this is the power of repetition, that our enemies kept saying over and over, it doesn't matter where you go, we will attack you. Now I want you to listen very closely. If you're discouraged, if you keep hanging out with negative people and you keep constantly listening to negative talk radio and watching negative talk news and listening to negative talk chatter on social media, guess what? It's going to infect you with fear. Some of you need to go on a diet of negativity. Stop filling your mind with negative words from television, radio, news, internet, social media. Says so those who live closest to the enemy. If you're listening to everything that's bad, and all the news today is bad news about our economy, about our world, about everything, about the government, everything, you're going to get discouraged. And you're going to become fearful. And fear is going to grow. Let me ask you a personal question. What secret fear is causing you to be discouraged? Fear of criticism? you know, a fear of, uh, of embarrassment, so you hesitate to take a big step of faith, a fear that you're not capable of the task before you, a fear that, that you have to be perfect, that you have to be flawless, a fear that nobody will love you if they knew the real you, a fear that you can't handle the pressure. You've got some hidden fears, I'm sure of that, because we all do. Comes as a result of sin in a broken world. Now, how do you know when it's fear that is discouraging you? Oh, it's real simple. You have an intense desire to run, to escape. Let me out of here. And they said, let's just get out of here. Let's run away from the situation. So we've got fear, we've got frustration, and we've got fatigue, and we've got a sense of failure, and we've got fear. Those four things line up to cause discouragement in your life. What is God's cure? when you feel like giving up, when you're at the halfway point in a project, in your life, in your ministry, in your marriage, or whatever, wh where do you find the strength and the motivation to finish whatever you've started or what God has started in you? The Bible says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to the day of completion in Jesus Christ. How do I keep on going when I feel like giving up? Well, 
I'm glad you're thinking that question because you do the three things that Nehemiah did when he led the people to finish the wall. And here are the three things that he did. And you need to do these same three things to turn the setbacks from fear, frustration, fatigue, or failure into a comeback. Number one, first thing Nehemiah did, first thing you need to do, reorganize whatever's not working. Maybe something in your life, maybe something in your family, maybe something in your business, in your job. You may be doing the right thing, but in the wrong way. A lot of times when we get discouraged at what we're doing, we think, well, I must be doing the wrong thing. No, you may be doing the right thing. You're just doing it in the wrong way. And God says, I want you to do it differently. Keep doing what you're doing. Just do it differently. Nehemiah 4.13 says this. So I stationed armed guards. This is Nehemiah narrating in. I stationed armed guards at the most vulnerable places of the wall. And I assigned people by families with their swords and lances and their bows. Now, let me explain what's going on here. Nehemiah says, okay guys, we, we got enemies who wanna attack us. So here's what we're gonna do. Half of you are gonna do the work, working on the wall, and the other half of you are gonna stand guard, and then we're gonna switch. And the other half will do work on the wall, and the other half will guard. What's he doing? He's just coming up with a new plan. They did not give up on the goal. They just devised a new strategy. Now here's the point. Whatever you're discouraged at right now doesn't necessarily mean you need to stop doing it, doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing. It may be mean you're doing it in the wrong way. Nehemiah said, we gotta change the way we're doing this. And maybe you need to change the way you're doing your schedule, change the way you're doing your diet, change the way you're doing, the way you're relating to people. See, the natural temptation is to give up on the dream. No, 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 no. So let's just get personal. You got a problem right now? Well, don't give up. Just change the way you're doing. You deeply in debt? Well, then you're gonna to need to reorganize your budget. Are you out of shape? You're gonna to need to reorganize your lifestyle, your eating patterns. Are you overcommitted in your schedule? You're gonna to need to reorganize your time. Where do you need to do what Nehemiah did? Reorganize whatever's not working. You may have a homework project this week. Now, that may mean that you need to eliminate some things out of your schedule or out of your life where you clean out the rubble. That's the clutter. That's the time wasters. That's the trivial things. You're listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. If this message has encouraged you or if God put someone on your mind that needs to hear it, would you share it? You'll be so glad you did. And be sure to let them know that Pastor Rick has a free daily email devotional at PastorRick.com. Rick will be right back in just a moment, but first... Experts have discovered that an attitude of gratitude bolsters your health and happiness. That's why Pastor Rick created a special set of 52 scripture cards to help bolster your sense of gratitude so you can experience the life God meant for you to live. Here's Rick to tell you more. Friends, one of the most powerful ways you can transform your spiritual life is to memorize scripture. God tells us in Proverbs 7 verse 2, guard my words as your most precious possession. 
write them down, and also keep them deep within your heart. Now, you may not think you've got a good memory, but the truth is we all remember what's important to us. For instance, you remember phone numbers and dates that you care about. I've heard people say they can't memorize anything, yet they can quote a song lyrics from their childhood, or they can rattle off a statistic for their favorite baseball player. You see, memory is a skill that you can learn. And it's also a muscle that you can strengthen. In fact, study after study has shown that memorizing Scripture will cause your brain to have a stronger memory in other areas too. So when you memorize Scripture, you're actually benefiting a lot of other areas in your life. Now here's how I want to help you memorize God's Word. We've put together a new packet, a new set of cards with verses from the Bible for you to memorize. And these are good, easily memorizable verses. And you can put these cards around your house or you can put them on your refrigerator or you know, tape them to the mirror where you brush your teeth or you can put them by your bed or uh, in your car, in the visor. It doesn't really matter, but they're, they're very beautiful. And they will keep these Bible verses, God's Word, before you every day, helping you to memorize the Word of God. I hope you'll take advantage of this new resource. This set of beautifully designed cards will help you memorize Scripture so you can recall God's Word when you need it the most. You can also use them to minister to others, give one to a friend, and write a personalized note of encouragement on the back. If a Scripture really speaks to you, frame it. Put them in places where you can read them during the day for encouragement. And today, when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the hope of Jesus to a world in need, we'll send you the Gratitude Scripture Card Set to say thanks. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. And thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.